Hey, welcome to the Transforming Life Church podcast. We hope this encourages you and inspires you in your journey with Christ. So sit back, relax, and check out this week's message.
not feeling it. I want to help you through that. We're going to look at some different people in God's Word and how they handled or not handled uh, those low moments in their life when they were not feeling it. This week we're going to look at the prophet Elijah. I always get Elijah and Elisha confused. Like, why would God do that? Why wouldn't you pick another prophet with a different name? Like, you know, it's and one came after the other, right? You know? But we're going to look at Elijah. He was first, right? Elijah, he turned to 1 Kings chapter 19. There was a point in Elijah's life and in his ministry career where he was not feeling it. Right? You know, all you Bible scholars out there, you probably know what I'm talking about. But as you're turning to 1 Kings uh, chapter 19, let me set up what's going to happen here. Um, Kind of starting in, in, in chapter 18, we see Elijah. First of all, Elijah was a prophet. He was a prophet in a time where, where, where the kingdoms were split. You had the northern kingdom of Israel, the southern kingdom of Judah. Right? It was in the time of King Ahab and his son Ahaziah. And I don't know if I said that right, but uh, where is Mike Elam? Is that close? Okay, good. I, I'll take close. Um, uh, Elijah's very name represented his legacy. It meant the Lord is my God. And, and then if you know about Elijah, like he has this incredible faith. That, that he was known for his incredible commitment to God. Being a prophet is not an easy thing. Especially in those days because God's people constantly would rebel and then repent and then rebellion and then repent. And there's this flip-flop that constantly happened. And oftentimes the prophet, as he explains God's truth, as he would hand down God's uh, judgment sometimes, like the prophet was not a popular person at times. And, and it was difficult, it was difficult for him. I don't know if you've ever tried to help steer someone a particular way, and they're just not listening, and it's like, oh, you just gonna have to learn the hard way. Like, you, you, then you understand the prophet, right? Because that's exactly where we find Elijah at this time. Elijah's life, it's centered around this conflict between worshiping the one true God and then worshiping Baal. Baal was the Canaanite uh, chief god, god of fertility, rain, and vegetation. Very uh, cultic pagan uh, uh, religion. And they oftentimes would practice uh, cult prostitution, child sacrifices, and the like. And Elijah's mission was to awaken the Israelites to their rebellion, to turning to these other gods, and turning them back to worshiping the one true God. Right, and, and so in, in 1 Kings chapter 18, we have this epic battle. Uh, this is before we get to the passage I told you to turn to. But in 18, there's this huge epic showdown that many of us know about. You've got Elijah up against the prophets of Baal. There's about 400 prophets of Baal, and there's one Elijah. And Elijah's like, hold up, let's do this. Right, we're going to have a showdown. We're going to see who the one true God really is. So we're going to set up an altar. You're going to bring a sacrifice. I'm going to bring a sacrifice. We're going to call out to our God, and we're going to see what happens, right? I'm paraphrasing it, obviously. You can go read about it in 1 Kings 18 if you'd like. It's very cool. Very awesome how God shows up. But the prophets of Baal, all right, let's do it. So they set up their sacrifice on the altar. They begin to pray. And exactly what we're hearing now, it's awkward, excited. We don't like that. That's exactly what was happening in the moment. They prayed, and nothing happened. And they're praying, and I love Elijah. I love his response. He's like, oh, what, what's going on? He starts taunting them. He's like, oh, maybe you need to pray louder. Maybe your God is sleeping. Maybe you need to wake him up. Like, he's taunting you. Like, go read it. It's, it's hilarious. I find it funny. Maybe you don't, but 
And he starts taunting them, and he's like, whoa, your God's not doing anything. Like, my, my God's bigger than your God. You know, like, it's just it's really, it's, it's funny. It's funny. I love it. And so they begin to get louder and louder, and then they start cutting themselves. And getting, it's getting intense, but nothing happens. And Elijah's like, all right, rebuild the altar. He's like, pour some water around this altar. And he begins to cry out to God, God, the God of Abraham, Isaac. Yeah, he's just calling out to God. And, and but God shows up in such an incredible way. If you know the story, you know what happens. God brings down fire on this altar, right? Can you imagine Zach being in that moment and seeing all this play out? It was incredible. And the people turned to God in that moment. And Elijah has all the prophets of Baal uh, captured, detained at it. And, and this might sound strange, but they have them all slaughtered, right? And so word gets back to King Ahab, and then there was this little girl with Ahab called Jezebel, right? This girl named Jezebel who was with Ahab, and, and, and there's still Jezebel around today, if, if you know what I'm saying. There's a spirit of Jezebel. They're controlling, they're manipulating, right? And, and, and it's the same kind of thing that was going down here. Jezebel kind of kept getting involved in these situations, and she gets involved. And so that's where we're going to pick up here in 1 Kings chapter uh, 19, starting in verse 1. Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. In verse 3, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And God, I thank you that you meet all of our needs. God, that you are our provider, Lord. And there's some times that, that, that life kind of doesn't go the way that we think it should. And there's a certain way that we see it. But God, if we learn to just turn to you. God, if we learn to, 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 to seek after you, even in those, especially in those low moments of life, God. Lord, that we'd be able to see things the way that you see them. That even though we may not escape our problems, Lord, we will be able to go through them and grow stronger, God, and, and, and have a deeper faith and deeper relationship with you. So, God, help us to see that today. If there's anyone here that's struggling, there's anyone here that may be in a low a moment, a low season in life, God, that they would be able to see things the way that you see them, God, that they'd be able to turn their eyes to you and offer their problems and issues today. Speak to us, God. Move in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. So here you God just did this incredible thing, right? In, in the most incredible way, fire down from heaven to, to, to burn up this altar to show that he is the one true God. Right? And, and church, we need to do that same thing today. Now, we may not be going around doing sacrifices and, 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 and asking God to burn up anything. But guess what? You might need to sacrifice some things in your life so that people can see the one true God. You might need to sacrifice some sin. You might need to sacrifice some pride. You might need to sacrifice your opinion. You might need to sacrifice your, your own wants and desires so that people can see the one true God. And this incredible thing happens then. And, and not only that, there had been a drought. It hadn't rained in years. And, and then in the next scene, right after that happens, we see Elijah uh, praying and God sends rain, right? That, that there's all these things that God is doing. It's such an incredible Way and he has uh, Elijah experiences this incredible high, and now we see him, he's on the run. And we're about to see even more, he experiences this incredible love. So, what do we what do we do in, in, in between that? 
in verses 3 through 5 of 1 Kings 19, when he came to Beersheba in Judah, this is Elijah, he's on the run, he left his servant there, and while he himself went on a day's journey into the desert, he came to a broom tree, sat down under it, and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my ancestors. Then he laid down under the tree and fell asleep. This incredible hot, followed by an incredible, well, I understand this as, as a pastor sometimes. We'll, we'll see God do amazing things, and then it's like one little complaint or email on Monday morning. kind of It can overshadow this. So I, I get Elijah. I, get, I understand this, but, but, but here's, this might seem strange, but here's how you get depressed in four easy steps. Here's that, if you want to really get in a low place, here's how you do it in four easy steps. You do what Elijah did, right? Number one, you wear yourself out. Elijah, just, man, when you minister, like you're pouring yourself out, right? And if you don't fill back up with God, if you don't refresh in Him, if you don't revive uh, yourself in Him, you're going to stay stuck, you're going to stay wore out and ineffective. And maybe, maybe you're like, well, I'm not a pastor, so I don't relate to that. Well, guess what? Some of you are moms in the room. And come on. Parenthood dads, too. Parenthood will wear your butt out. So what are you doing to refresh and revive? Well, I take a nap sometimes. Yeah, naps are good. I love a good nap. I'll probably take one this afternoon. But there's nothing like being revived in God and refreshed in. Why? Because it revives and refreshes our soul. And if your soul is not at rest, if your soul is not at peace, I don't care how much sleep you get, you're not going to be at rest and you're not going to be at peace. That can only be found in God. We need that soul rest, that soul peace. And Elijah did not have that here. He was worn out. He had just seen this incredible thing happen. Not, not just to mention his ministry career had been trying to wrangle up these stubborn, stiff-necked, rebellious people that God had called him to. Only for them to ignore him for so long. Right? And now you've got this little girl, Jezebel, that's so now you know she's going to kill him. There's a lot going on in Elijah's probably mind and heart. And he found himself the word out. The next thing, if you want to really find yourself in love, you want to, you want to uh, get depressed and for you, the same thing with it, you shut people out. And isolate it, Right? Elijah left his servant behind and he goes out into the desert alone. I don't know if you've ever been into the desert. That's not really a place you want to find yourself alone. Much less anywhere find yourself alone. So he, so he isolated himself and shut people out. We, we need people. God created us to be relational. We need people. We need the right people in our life to be able to, to help us in these kind of times. Third. If you want to get yourself in the low, if you want to get yourself depressed, is focus on only the negative. Focus only on the negative. He said, I have had enough, God. Why don't you just take my life? I'm no better than my ancestors. So, so he's really kind of wallowing in this. He's like, well, what good am I? God, just, just take me out. You know? And we find him really just focusing only on the negative. In fact, this fourth thing is that he forgot God altogether. Right? He, forgot, he forgot that he is a prophet that God had called him to his people. He is a prophet of the Most High God. He forgot what God had just done. Right? And he found himself in this really low place. One minute, he experiences this incredible move of God, this huge victory. And the next minute, we see him depressed, afraid, alone, done, 
not feeling it. Again, we're really honest, and this isn't to judge anybody, this isn't to put anybody on blast, because we've all experienced this at some point in our life. But we're honest, sometimes in life we find ourselves just like Elijah, not feeling Not feeling Sometimes we find ourselves in that place. And can I say this? Because there's always, it seems to be a taboo thing, especially in today's world. Like, just because you're a Christian doesn't mean we're not going to go through those things sometimes. But we don't have to stay there. And that's my encouragement for you today. You don't have to live. You might get depressed and you might experience a little, but you don't have to stay there. You don't have to be stuck there. You don't have to live there. My God is able to save and deliver you from anything. We often talk about deliverance and, 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 and addictions and, and certain things like that, but God will deliver you from those low moments in life. That doesn't mean we are going to escape it, that somehow the problems are just going to go away, we just sweep them under the rug, just ignore them. No, but God will get us through it. He'll be there with us every step of the way. You're not alone. Oftentimes, though, we feel like we're alone in those low moments, those lows that we go through. That's how we feel like we, we are not alone. God is there with us every step of the way. This one threat, though, kind of triggered everything, right? You ever been triggered? There's a lot of things that trigger us. But this one little thing, this one little threat, Jezebel threatens him. In this moment, and it messes him up. I've told you that there's been times in ministry and youth, even with adults, we've had incredible service services. We've seen God move, we see God, you know, we saw God bless and, and, and move in teenagers' life, and then later on, a parent call, I don't know why you did this, and I don't know why this, why, why do you have this? And it, 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 and it just like can overshadow everything, right? I understand that. Maybe for you, it's a person. Maybe it's something someone said or something someone did. Maybe it's an unfortunate situation. Maybe something went wrong. You weren't expecting it. And that sends us running in defeat. Here's the deal. If you are not rooted in God, if you are not rooted in His presence, if we are not rooted in His Word and in His promises and in His truth and in who He says that we are, the low moments of life, they can take us down and they'll keep us up. But we have to be rooted. Even Elijah was rooted in all these things, yet he still found himself forgetting who God was. So what, what do you do? What do you do in between all the highs and the lows? I believe, I believe there's a window, not like an actual window, but a time frame, a time. There's a, there's a, there's a window in between that high and that low of, of what are we doing in that window? How are we reviving ourselves? How are we refreshing ourselves? And is, it God, is God involved in any of that, right? Because that's the true refreshing that we're going to get. I believe that there's a window. So what's in your window? I, I believe family time is a great thing. Uh, I know many people recharge and refuel differently. I actually, I actually recharge and refuel in, in, in isolation. <laughs> I know that kind of goes against what I just said. Don't get alone. But sometimes you need to get alone to refresh. But what are you doing in that alone time? Right? I could get alone and completely veg out on some ice cream and, 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 and just... You know what I mean? Or, or, or what are we doing in that alone time? Or what are we doing? Whatever that window is for you, there's different ways that we recharge. But, but is God involved in any of it? Because that's the refreshing that we truly need for our soul. So here, here it is, God's prescription for our depression. Let's look at God's response. Even though Elijah's going through it, and these are legitimate things he's experienced, and, and it's legitimate things that we experience sometimes. What does God do 
for us. Here's God's prescription for our depression. First, God told Elijah to eat and rest. He said, eat and rest. All at once, an angel touched him and said, this is verse 5 of chapter 19, 1 Kings. All at once, the angel touched him and said, get up and eat. And he looked around, and there by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals. Come on, ain't God good? Not only will God bless you, not only God will give you rest, but he showed up and said, bro, eat some cake. Right? Now, now this one cake like what Ryan makes. It's not a birthday cake. It's not a public cake. Like, it's not, you know, it's, it's just bread, right? I just thought that was funny that it said cake. Looks around, there was a head. Uh, by his head was a cake of bread baked over hot coals and a jar of water. He ate and drank and then laid down again. Verse 7, the angel of the Lord came back a second time and touched him and said, get up and eat. Why? Because the journey is too much for you. So he got an ate and drank, strengthened by the food. He traveled 40 days and 40 nights until he reached Horeb, the mountain of God. God gives us exactly what we need when we need it. Right? God gives us exactly what we need when we need it. And God told Elijah, you need to eat and you need to rest. Elijah was wore out. Huh? And sometimes we find ourselves in that place from busyness or stress or problems or people. Like we need to rest. And God's word tells us what we need for that rest. What Jesus himself said, come to me, all you are weary, and I will give you what? Say with me, rest. Like God, even in creation, set up a time for us to rest. Why? Because it's important. We need it for our life and for our soul. And again, it's got to be more than just a nap. Vacations are great, but how many of you come back from vacation? It's like, oh man, I need a vacation from my vacation, you know? Right? Vacations are great, and then there's certain things that are great, but they're not going to give you the rest that God wants to give you. And I'm not saying don't do those things. You should go on vacation. Absolutely. You should take a nap sometimes. But the rest we need, the true rest, the rest for our soul, is only found in God. And He will provide it. He will practice. He gives you exactly what you need when you need it. If you need anything, God provides. He provides all of our riches according, or He provides all of our needs according to His riches. And you're like, come on, you need it. You need a victory. If you need a breakthrough. If you need healing, and God will provide. You need His strength. You need His promise. You need His work. God, God will provide. Elijah was wore out, but God. Provided exactly when, because he was at the point, he was at the breaking point, he was done. So God just killed him. He was at the end of his rope, and God showed up exactly when he needed it. So when you're not feeling it, in that window, find a place where you can be refilled. Find a place where you can be renewed, revived, recharged in Him, in His presence, in His Word, in His promises, and in His strength. Teenagers. Come on. Besides God and maybe your parents, what's the most important thing that you need in your life? Think about it for a minute. This is a participation thing, by the way. Huh? What do you, well, food is important to you. What are you always looking for? Who said I should have something? Yeah, you're always looking for a charger, right? You're like, oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, many of us, adults, we're oftentimes looking for that. Many of us spend our day, we're, we're looking at all these things on, on Facebook, TikTok, and all this crazy stuff, making phone calls and text messages, watching funny people walk on crates, all this other stupid stuff that they do out there. 
If you got time, if you're just that bored and you want to stack up some crates and kind of climb, come, come find me because I got some things. I'll put you to work. You know what I'm saying? And what's funny is it's not just kids that are doing it. There's a lot of adults that are doing it. Y'all come find me. I got some work for you to do. Watching all these friends post the memes. Where's Bill Bowers, the meme king? And he's back in the back. Yeah, the meme king back there posting memes, right? At some point, we're going to need to charge it, right? At some point, we're going to need to charge that phone. The only way that you can continue to use that phone, the, the only guarantee that you have of being able to use it tomorrow is going to be that you charge it, right? It's absolutely critical that you lay that thing down and charge it. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to send a signal or receive a signal, right? You're going to have to lay it down. And so it is with us. So it is with us. And at times, if, if God doesn't make us lie down, we don't work, right? We won't work. We'll use all of our energy and strength to try to make it work, but all the battery will be gone. We'll try to stand and make it work some more. When we lay our cell phones down, though, we, we, we can't just put them anywhere, can we? you got to lay it down, and you got to connect it to a power source. It's only when a cell phone is in the right place connected to the right source that it receives new life. And it's the same thing with us. We can be recharged and refreshed and find rest in a God that provides it. But we have to stop the busyness of this life and our schedule and our wants and our desires and all the things that we fill our life with that God oftentimes gets the back burner and the leftovers. So we have to learn to stop and put Him first and seek a God that wants to provide rest for you. When we find ourselves in those low moments of like, God will give us rest. Sometimes when we get in those low moments, we do just like Elijah did and we forget. We forget what to do. We forget how to act. Because our focus is on what we're going through instead of the one who helped us get through it. Sometimes we get in those low places because our expectation is not lining up with reality. So we end up only seeing what's wrong with the picture. Right? We only see what's, what's wrong in the moment. So sometimes, in the next thing that God does, sometimes we need God to replace lies with truth. Come on, how many of you know you need God's truth in your life? Right? We need God to replace some lies because sometimes we only see things the way we want to see them. When we need God to replace those lies with His truth. Verse 9, verse Kings 19, 9-10. There he went to a cave and spent the night, and the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied. I've been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant, broken down your altars, and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left. And now they're trying to kill me too. I I've come to realize this, and I even had this thought this week. Perception is everything. Perception is everything. You, you can get a text message from someone, or you can see someone post on social media, and you can take that a certain way, but that's not actually the way that they intended, right? Because all of us, we read things, we do like, we see things through a particular worldview. We look at things through a particular lens, and a lot of times we look through the lens of, of past experiences, sometimes that being pain and hurt. We, we look through things that we've been through. We look through our upbringing and our, our environment, the way we grew up. Oftentimes we look at things through the, those different 
ways, but, but perception is everything. And God has a way of reminding us that by giving us his truth. Right? And so he did. Elijah honestly believed that he was the only faithful one left. He might have been the only prophet left, but there was still a remnant of God's people that were faithful to him. In fact, God reminds him and says, he replaces the lie with the truth. And he says, there's actually 7,000 others who are still faithful to me. You, you are not the only one, Elijah. Wake up. You're not the only one. See, we need God's truth. In our life. So suppose you went to the doctor for an operation, and the, and the doctor's kind of checking you out. He's getting ready to cut, and he's like, hmm, I think this is the right spot to cut. How many of you want to go to a doctor like that? I'm, I'm good. I'll just deal with whatever it is, right? I, I think this, I think this is the right area. Let's, let's go ahead and start cutting. And suppose you go to a, a, a pharmacist to get some medication, and like, all right, so. Uh, lady down the street says it's this particular prescription, and, and, and some of these doctors say it's this prescription, but I, I want you to just try this. I, I, think, it, I think it'll work, um, so, so, so just try this. I don't think you want to go to pharmacists like that. No, probably not. If you ever go on a plane and the pilot's like, hey, I think this is the right button to push to make the landing gear go down. Like, I think this is it. Uh, you know. The stewardesses say this, and the, the, the air traffic control say that, and the engineer this, but I, I think we should just try this button. <laughs> no. When you go to the doctor, you want what? You want truth. If you go to the pharmacist, you want truth. You sure enough want truth if you fly in that airplane. Right? No. We trust most of the time what the doctor said. We, we, we trust that that pharmacist to have it right. We trust that pilot to get us down safely, right? How much more can we trust in a God who is the epitome of truth? He is the truth. He is the line. He is the standard. He is truth himself. How much more can we trust in our God? You can absolutely trust in him. He is truth. He will be the truth over your problems. Come on. He will be the truth over your life. He will be the truth over those highs and every low that you experience. So the next time maybe you're not feeling it, ask yourself, is there a lie that I'm believing or I'm holding on to? And what truth do I need to hear from God in the middle of this? Because God will replace that lie with the truth. You know, we have, we have a ministry called Sozo, Sozo Ministry. It's a, it's a prayer ministry. A lot of people are confused at exactly what it is. But it's a prayer ministry, so you're going to sit down with a couple people, and they're going to pray with you, and they're going to allow the Holy Spirit to speak in that moment to uncover any lie that may be going on in your life or, or any issue that you may have to reveal God's truth in that moment. I, I've been through it. My wife has been through it. Uh, Courtney, who actually leads this ministry here in church, has gone through it. And, and it is amazing. It's empowering. There's some lies that sometimes we, we suppress and we push down, and we don't realize that years later it's affecting us. And God wants to free us from that and reveal his truth in that situation. If you'd like more information about that ministry, if you'd like to schedule, maybe you're going through something right now. Maybe you're experiencing uh, some issues in your life or, or, or pain or problem or whatever. Uh, maybe you need to get a, a solo. And, and you can see, Courtney, if you'd like information about that or to schedule one of those sessions. And, uh, and, we'll, and we'll work through that. Listen, uh, lies that don't get dealt with, they manifest in our lives in other ways. They'll manifest through depression. Chronic pain, they'll manifest through, even anger at times. And what this will do is it'll allow us to get to the root of what that is. There's a reason. People don't just wake up angry. 
ticked off at the world. No, there's a root to that. There's a root to that depression or, or whatever that might be. Let, let us help you get to the root of that. So you can, you can sign up for Sozo Ministry to see Courtney if you'd like to do that. And when I went through uh, Sozo one time, um, there, there was a situation I had not thought about in years that happened when I was a teenager. I was holding a grudge towards a family member because they promised me something. There was an expectation that I had that was unmet through them. They, they promised me something. didn't realize they had promised me anything. And it never, it never came through. And, and I was holding on to this offense towards this family member my entire life. didn't even realize it. And we know what offense can do in our life. It can, it can cause issues and problems. And so, so we were able to uncover that and uncover God's truth in the moment of that. When we're not feeling it, God will give us rest. He will reveal his truth. God will speak in a still, small voice. 1 Kings 19, 11 through 12. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord. For the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart, shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, there was an earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake came a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a what? A gentle whisper. God was so gracious and merciful and gentle to Elijah throughout this whole process. Oftentimes, we look at God as this angry parent. Like, oh, man, I screwed up, man. God's going to get me. My dad, dad's going to kick my butt. Right? We should really look at God like, man, I screwed up. I need to go to my Father. Right? And He is gracious with us. He's, he's, he's merciful. Come on. With God, it's, it, it's not like what we think it is. And, and, and not that Elijah screwed up or did anything wrong. He just took his eyes off of who God was and what his identity in God was. He let Jezebel get in his head. In other words, he let the enemy get in his head. He let fear take over his life. And that's why we need to know and hear God's word on a daily basis. Declare God's truth over your life on a daily basis. Spend time in his presence listening for that still, small voice so he can speak into your life. And when you do that, we're reminded that, man, if I'm giving into fear, I know 2 Timothy 1.7 says that God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. I know that when I need rest, that Jesus himself said, all you are weary, come, and you can find rest. I can read stories about people like Elijah who weren't feeling it like I have many times, and maybe you have too. And I can be encouraged that God will be there and give us strength to endure you might not be feeling it today, but then God can give you rest and he will speak to you. And the word of the Lord comes to him, the Bible says. He wasn't in the wind, he wasn't in the fire, he wasn't in the earthquake. God's revelation came to him in a still, small voice. Why? Why? It came so that he would continue God's work, not by might and by power, but by his spirit. It came to Elijah to, to, to remind him that he was not deserted, that he was not forgotten, that he was still a prophet of God, and that there were still promises and there were still purposes for him. Sometimes we find ourselves in desperate situations, and we look for God to move in incredible ways. God, give me a sign. Right? God, do this crazy miracle. Sometimes God doesn't move that way. Sometimes it comes in a still, small voice. What we really need to do is we need to get along with God. 
quiet ourselves, take our mind off all the distractions and all the voices that are out there, and allow God to speak to us, His peace, and that still, small voice. Listen, there's certain people in your life whose voice you can recognize anywhere, right? I don't know if you've ever taken time to talk to Zach Sato. He's got this deep country boy voice. Yeah. Uh, I, I know you're a dude and I'm a dude and we're not that way, but I could listen to you talk all day, like for real. That's probably what hooks on her, let's be honest, you know, right? But you can, I can recognize that voice anyway. Yeah. Hey, if you're listening to music and you hear Michael Jackson, <laughs> you know, you recognize that voice. You know, you, you, like we know that, like, you know, another genre, Garth Brooks. It's like an unrecognizable voice and we can listen out of a hundred other people. Like your mom, if your mom, because you know your mom had that certain tone that she would call your name, like your whole name, right? You could be in a crowd of people and you hear mom, can you call me in? Like you're going to, yeah, you're going to do exactly like you did. Like, what did I do, bro? And then you're going to go back to when you got a spanking the last time. Like, what did I do? Like you would recognize that, right? Immediately. You wouldn't be able to do that with someone you just met, someone you didn't know. It would take years of being around that voice and, and being familiar with it to be able to recognize it that way. The best way to know what God sounds like is to be with Him often. To read His Word, to know who He is. That's how you know how He sounds. The Bible is His Word. It is the inspired Word. Of, it is God-breathed. This is God's truth for us. That's how we know His voice, His written Word. The more that we spend time uh, in scriptures, and the more time that we spend with the living word of God, Jesus, the, the more we will recognize God's voice. The more time we spend in prayer, the more time we spend in his word, the more time we spend in worship, the easier it will be to hear, recognize, and discern the voice of God. Especially in all the other noise of life. Notice God gets Elijah's attention. But he doesn't rebuke him, he doesn't correct him, he doesn't like come down hard on him. What does he do? He immediately gives him something to do. And this is the fourth and, and final thing for God's prescription for us. When we're in a low season of life, God, God's going to wake you up. He's going to say, no, like, wake out of this. Wake up. i got something for you to do. Come on, worship team. You guys can come on up. Verses 15 through 16. The Lord said to him, go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. And when you get there, anoint Haziel, king. Over Aram, also anoint Jehu, son of Nimshi, king over Israel, and anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from Abel, Mahola, to succeed you as prophet. Guys, listen, listen I've, got, I've got some strategic planning to do. Guys, I'm playing chess right now. I don't know if you ever play chess. My, my kid, uh, Amy, he, he loves to play chess, and I'm trying to show him, or uh, this is what the rook does, and this is what the pawn does, and this is how you move all these pieces. But he hasn't quite understood the strategy of it just yet. Uh, he'll, he'll just like, oh, I'm, I'll take out daddy's peace. But he doesn't realize, all right, well, my guy's going to take you now. Right? He, he doesn't understand the strategy. And God is like strategizing. He's like, listen, I've got something you can do. Because each one of these strategic moves, this, this anointing of this king and anointing of this king. And then I'm going to anoint your, uh, uh, your, your apprentice, the person that's going to take over after you. These are strategic things because this is going to play out this way. He's like, I still got work for you to do. Elijah, you're not done yet. And he gives Elijah something to do. He reminds him of his purpose. When we're in that window in between the highs and the lows of life where we don't understand what God is or what he's doing or, or even not doing for that matter, and we're not feeling it, 
We need to allow God to shake us up, to wake us up, and remind us of who we are in Him and what our purpose is. But it takes getting in that place to be able to hear from Him. Oftentimes, we're not feeling it. It's like, yo, I'm going through it, I'm tired, I'm stressed, and I don't feel like praying right now. Oh, we've all been there, come on. But actually, those are the times when we need to pray even more. Those are the times when we absolutely, I don't care if you can't lift your hands any higher or anymore. I don't care if you don't have the strength to stand. Just, just sit there and, and, and get a hold of God's presence. But in these low moments, in these difficult seasons of our life, these are the times when we need God the most. Where we need to lean into Him even more. Where we need to trust in Him even more even more. It's definitely not the time to shy away or to run away. It's the time to pause, sit, and allow God to refresh us and revive us. And remind us of what our purpose is. Because when we understand the purpose, it's easy to endure pain. When we know the reason for it, it's easier to get through it and endure the things. Elijah thought he was going to die. He had come to the end. He had come to that breaking point. So, man, God, just, just take me out. I'm going to die. Elijah asked to death, and God's like, no, not going to do it. Not just because, like, he had more to do. He actually never does do that. Elijah doesn't die a physical death. Look, if you know his story, if you go to 2 Kings chapter 2, you can read about it. Elijah is taken out in a place of glory. Like, literally, right? God calls him up into heaven, the chariots of fire and horses of fire like this most epic way. He actually never does that. In Elijah's darkest moment, he asks God to take his life. God never does in that way. Amazing is our God. But that's how Elijah felt in the moment. That was his perception of God. But God showed him another way. God replaced his truth. God replaced his life with the truth. God gave him rest. God, God gave him what he, he needed to endure and to move on. There's times when we need to rest. There's going to be times when we need to heal. There's going to be times that we need to refresh and refine. All to refocus us for what God has for us. All to remind us of who he wants us to be. God will often use difficult seasons to help us grow. And I know that, that doesn't sound fun. But God never promised us fun, right? I know that doesn't sound very comfortable, but God is holding us out of comfort and just wants us to trust in Him. We celebrate God in those high moments of life. Man, we get to know Him in such an intimate way in those low moments, if we allow Him. That's where our faith grows. That's where the test becomes a testimony. That's where the mess becomes a message. It's where I fell down. And now we blood God. Recent years, there's been a lot of talk about fake news. Media bias, how social media drives information for better or worse. Our hearts operate like a news source that speak right to what we want to hear. Again, through that particular lens, our own bias. Jesus' words are like an ultimate, unbiased, fact-checked news that gives it to us straight and never wrong. We need God to speak in our life. We have to be willing to take the time, not leave it to Facebook fact-checkers, not leave it 
try to pray with a Christian celebrity or Google to discern what our heart is telling us to be true. It's wonderful. It's a free thing. When our hearts are aligned with God's purposes and empowered by the Holy Spirit. When that happens, we can be confident that we are living in God's will, in His plan, and in His desire. Psalm 37, 23 through 24, as we get ready to close, says this, The Lord directs the steps of the godly. He delights in every detail of their lives. Though they stumble, they will never fall, for the Lord holds them up by the hand. Come on, will you stand with me this morning? The Lord holds us up by the hand. You know, this basketball in my hands, maybe $10, $15. You get this anywhere, Walmart, sporting goods store, Amazon, wherever. Maybe 10 or 15 bucks, depending on what kind of ball you get. But this ball in the hands of LeBron James, whether you like it or not, it, it's worth millions of dollars. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you'd like more info about our church, if you'd like to make a donation to our ministry here at Transforming Life, go to www.tlchurchpc.com. If you haven't been to our church yet, we would love to meet you. Come by for a life-changing experience. God bless.